everyone and welcome to another episode of Dollar Speaks. Welcome back, welcome back. You've been having a good day so far. I hope you had a good start to the week. Thank God for the wonderful things and the loving testimonies and the grateful blessings that we are eternally grateful for in our lives. Everything we remember to always, always, always give thanks because God is working out every single thing for our good. Today, we will discuss something about this. I've, I've titled this, What Can You See? Or What Are You Seeing? And I hope this blesses you. It's blessed me as I wrote it down and reminded me of God's amazingness and his wonderful works despite what we see you know, around us and despite what our current situation is telling us. So I'm going to read 1 Samuel 31 to um, 6 and we will discuss in our usual fashion afterwards. Holy Spirit, use me as a vessel for today. Holy Spirit, take absolute control. Thank you for this message that you are speaking through me. Lord, it has blessed me and I pray it blesses everyone listening today in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, man. I take absolute control of this message. All of you, less of me, take control, Lord, and open the understanding and eyes and ears of those listening to hear your word for them today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 So I will read 1 Samuel 30, 1 to 6. Um... I'll be reading the NIV version. I would encourage you to read with me. So I go. David and his men reached, reached Ziklag. And at this point, I remember he had gone to seek safety with the Philistines. And so he went back to his base when um, the leaders of the Philistines told him, told him to go back and not war in that battle that he was going for. And that's the same battle that Saul got killed. So I continue. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided Negev and Ziklag, which is where his um, family and everybody was. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went their way. And just to say here that because the David and he, all the men, the, the, the soldiers, had left their families in Ziklag while they went to the Philistine war. Right? They were not there to help and save their family. And they obviously, imagine men, so now they were about 600 men. So if they if not include their families, so imagine 600 families being taken away, or maybe less than that for those that didn't have families. I'll continue. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. And so today I've titled this message, What 
do you see? What are you seeing? And so we've just read just now, right? David and his men had gone to perhaps fight Israel in the Philistine war, but sent back. And then they had to walk from that um, from, uh, from, I think it was Afek to Ziklag, which took about three days for him and the and other 600 men to walk back to their base. And on getting there, they find their city burnt, their wives nowhere to be found, their kids taken away, all the goods, different things taken you know, from them. And so when they saw it, they were horrified. They were in so much pain. You know, they cried to the point where they had no strength left in them. They were so beyond themselves. And at this point, you know, perhaps David was also having questions in his mind. Probably should not go for this war. If I didn't go for this war, I'll be right there. Bear in mind, David was the one who was going to attack them before. Now he left his children, his wives, to be to to you know, to you know at the mercy of the Amalekites. And so he was so pained that oh my god, why did I go to this war? I went to this war and they sent me back. While I, I, I was coming back, my family got attacked. And so if I if I didn't go at all and stayed, it had made no difference and I had saved my family. And so in David's view was born cities. His wife and kids nowhere to be found. Um his he and also held held captive. His town that he left, right, being broken into. The men that were around him threatening to stone him because they were so angry and hot about their own wives and children and their family and their things as well. Um, I write here, his view did not look like what was actually happening at that point in time. And I'll say why. At this same time, which was probably David's one of the lowest points in history. If you look past the time where Saul has sent him away and he was broken to the point whereby he was in the bush, but you could see that at least his men were with them. They were not trying to stone him. This time, they were so frustrated and angry that their wives and their kids were, you know, taking captive and they were so scared as well. And so it's probably one of David's lowest points. And he says here that, you know, David still found strength in the Lord despite what was going on. But you see, if you look at David's view, that's all you can see. What do we realize that at this point in time was around the same time, if you look at chapter 31, and we'll do that next week, where Saul got killed in the battle of the Philistines. That same battle that um, they asked David and his men to go back from was the same battle, battle where Saul got killed. And so when he was <coughs> broken, shattered, you know, his current situation did not look like the miracle was expected. You know, his current situation did not look like, you know, what that God had told him that he would become king of Israel. Like, everything just looked worse than he ever anticipated. I was the same time, around the same product, Saul and his sons were killed in the battle. And so he did not know at that point in time that, oh my God, my life is about to change. All he saw was what was in front of him. There are many times in our life where what we see, what we can see with our eyes, it, it doesn't look like our sin has changed or we have entered another level. It's, it, there's no inclination of it. Very much at this point in time, there are no phone calls. 
right? There was those when any means of travel except animals. And so for them to find out that Saul had died, some must have sent word from the Philistine camp that must have gotten to where he was and takes time. So he still would not have known what what has happened at that point in time. But he still had changed. And so in our lives, sometimes we don't see it. It's it's hard to see. We are struggling. It's like things have gone from bad to worse and worse and worst. You know, we're wondering, like, and this, and you want to, can't things get this bad? In fact, it doesn't make any form of sense to you or myself. It's like, it is huge. It is ridiculous. We are tired. We are frustrated. You know, we are, like, David said, they cry so much that they lost every strength in them. These are warriors. They lost every strength when we're done crying. Why did you find the strength in God? Also, at that point, it didn't look like it. But they needed to trust God. You know? And it just shows how magnificent and amazing God is. That in that same spot, He's working our own good for, uh, for us. He's doing the work for us that we don't even know. How would David have known that in that same battle that would have killed Saul and Saul's son? I would change his life, you know, from where he was at this point in time. He would not have known. But still, you know, in everything, he was able to trust God. And likewise us, when we are in that situation, where I think, oh my God, things have gone from bad to worse to worst. You know, it, it, is, it seems impossible. Whatever words we can use to describe it, let us continue to trust, find our trust, find our faith in God and hold on to God's word. Because bear in mind, we never know that it's like at that time, that God is working something out that we don't even know. We don't even realize, realize it's, it's happening, right? But God is aligning us and taking us to where He has proposed and planned and working everything out for our good. It's an encouragement today. And I hope you are encouraged that whatever it is that you see in the physical, whatever it is in your current situation, maybe, maybe you, you are in a job and you've had a horrible, horrible experience in a job. And you are tired. And you're getting worse and worse. You know, it's the reason why God sent you there. But let's, let's, let's even leave that for now. And it's cause that later. But actually, let's think about, you know, how God is working everything for your good. Even though you don't see it. Though I don't see it. But God is working every single thing for our good. Such that we will realize, oh my God. Even while I was thinking things were going from bad to worse. God was still working things for our good. And before we know it, as we continue to and do what God asks us to do, he will, lead, he will lead us to where He's taking us to. And suddenly, the joys come, right? It, it literally, it doesn't take God a split second to change a situation. A split second to do so. But because He is patiently loving so that he doesn't put us in such a way we're not ready for he's so patient when he waits for us to get there and when we know that we have gotten to that level he opens the doors he leads everything he aligns everything and pushes everything for what he has prepared and planned for us because if he gives it to us when we're not ready and destroy us today find strength in god trust in god that whatever it is that you are saying it may not make sense, but know that God is working everything 
for your good. In Second Peter 3 verses 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Like if you look at David, you would think God is slow. Like, ah, you have this, that, 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 right? But it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so, in the process you are learning, in the process, David was learning different parts, you know, to come the thing that God had called him to be. That was important. You know, God turned his situation like this, because God is fit second. But it was important for David to go through and learn and grow and be refined as pure gold to become the king that God had called him to be. Likewise, us. Let's trust in God. No matter what our situation looks in it, let us know that God is working everything for the good in ways that we cannot even work it ourselves. Like the way you know Saul died and his sons, they, they, they were not even in the battle. So it couldn't have, so it, it, it couldn't have been with him, right, or his men. But, but God worked it when they were not even there. And then they will find out later that God had already done what you know he had been waiting, not, not waiting for, for in terms of the position. Obviously, he was sad when Saul died, but waiting for that time to come. God help us. And before I, I finish, I want us to do a quick prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray for anyone that is in a hard, tough situation where it feels like everything is rock bottom. Help them find strength in you. Help them see you as that killer strength to hold on to because we know evidently that you are working every single thing for our good. Thank you, Father. Thank you for answering this prayer. We exalt and magnify you in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to me today. God bless you. Bye.